This is an Alert USA Threat Journal, Homeland Security Weekly Update for Saturday, October 16, 2021. This week in security news, on 10 occasions this week, Alert USA subscribers were notified via SMS messages to their mobile devices regarding a variety of safety and security matters. First up, on Wednesday, Alert USA subscribers were some of the first in the U.S. to learn of a mass casualty bow and arrow attack in the small town of Kongsberg, Norway, located about 50 miles west of the capital of Oslo. In this incident, 37-year-old Danish national Espen Andersen Brathen, a convert to Islam, used a bow, competition-grade arrows, and a knife to kill four women and one man across several locations in town. Three others were also wounded. The suspect, who himself lives in Kongsberg, was already on police radar out of concerns he may have been radicalized. During the attack, the suspect managed to twice evade police efforts to capture him as he hunted his victims. Outgoing Norwegian Prime Minister Ernest Solberg described the attacks as gruesome, while Prime Minister-designate Jonas Garstor called it a cruel and brutal act. The Norwegian Police Security Service released a statement saying that the events in Kongsberg currently appear to be an act of terror, but the investigation will determine in closer detail what the acts were motivated by. Listeners are reminded that this attack comes just over 10 years after right-wing extremist Anders Breivik carried out the worst terrorist attack in Norwegian history. In that incident, Breivik set off a bomb in Oslo and then went on a shooting rampage on the island of Utøya in July of 2011, killing 77 people in total. In related news, on Friday morning, Alert USA subscribers were notified of the attempted assassination of British Member of Parliament Sir David Amis. At the time of the attack, the Conservative MP was meeting with constituents at what the British refer to as a public surgery, which is a regular opportunity for constituents to air their views and seek assistance in different matters. In this area, appointments are scheduled and the meetings are held at Belfair's Methodist Church in the Eastwood Road North area of Essex. According to press accounts, the suspect ran into the building and immediately attacked, stabbing the MP six times. The area was quickly swarmed with armed police and the assailant was arrested soon thereafter. Police say the suspect is a 25-year-old UK national of Somali origin who is believed to have links to Islamist militants. Paramedics worked for two hours attempting to save the MP who ultimately succumbed to his injuries. Sir David, age 69, has been an MP since 1983 and was married with five children. He is the second serving MP to be killed in the last five years following the murder of Labour MP Joe Cox in 2016. Home Secretary Priti Patel has asked all police forces to review security arrangements for MPs with immediate effect. And in related news, late last week, the media arm of Yemen-based Al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula released a video featuring its senior official, Sudanese national and former Guantanamo detainee Ibrahim Al-Qusi, who congratulated the Taliban for taking over Afghanistan and threatened the U.S. with attacks more painful than 9-11. Quoting Al-Qusi, Every Muslim on the face of the earth is in fact an enterprising Mujahid. Upcoming operations by the Mujahideen do not necessarily have to be a carbon copy of the September 11th operations, as they have many alternatives, and perhaps they will be more powerful, painful, and heartbreaking than those. Al-Qusi continues, O Americans, remember the famous oath by Sheikh Osama in which he said, Neither America nor those who live in America will dream of security before we live it as a reality in Palestine and before all of the infidel armies leave the land of Muhammad. And remember what he said in his message to the American people on January 20th of 2006, titled The Way to End the War, in which he said, As for the delay in similar operations in America, it is not due to the inability to penetrate your security measures, 
but it is because the operations are under preparation and you will see them in your home as soon as they are finished. Unquote. Next up, in public health news, as of the time of this report's preparation Friday evening, Johns Hopkins University reports there have been more than 722,000 deaths in the U.S. officially attributed to the SARS-CoV-2 virus. According to the CDC's COVID data tracker website, in the U.S. alone, more than 404 million doses of COVID-19 vaccines have been administered. As a follow-on, according to the CDC's own Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, or VAERS, as of October 8th, more than 798,000 adverse events have been reported following COVID-19 vaccinations. As it is estimated that only 1% of adverse events are recorded into the system, which is voluntary, this number could be significantly higher. For accuracy, it is important to remember that reporting on the VAERS system does not automatically indicate proof that the vaccine was responsible. However, given the sheer number of adverse reactions being reported, Listeners are encouraged to be paying attention and to not swallow everything shoveled at you by the professional stenographers calling themselves journalists. Do some investigation on your own. You can find links to the VAERS database along with key findings and other resources in the latest issue of the Threat Journal email newsletter. Listeners are cautioned that beginning this weekend, vaccine deadlines are coming up for police departments across the country. This is resulting in thousands of sworn law enforcement personnel either quitting, taking early retirement, or waiting to be fired. As an example, the Boston Herald reports that hundreds of Massachusetts state police face being fired over the vaccine mandate. The Transportation Security Administration reports that 40% of their employees remain unvaccinated. The Los Angeles Times reports that roughly 30% of the Los Angeles Police Department remains unvaccinated. In Chicago, up to half of the rank-and-file police officers could be placed on unpaid leave because of a dispute between their union and the mayor over the city requirement for officers to disclose their vaccine status. In fact, Chicago's Fraternal Order of Police president is urging police officers to ignore the city mandate. In direct contrast, listeners will recall that DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas has admitted there is no mandate for legal migrants or illegal aliens to receive COVID-19 vaccines before being released into the interior. Less than one month ago, House Democrats blocked an effort by House Republicans to require COVID-19 testing and vaccinations for migrants stopped at the border before they are released into U.S. communities. This move directly contrasts with the new presidential mandate requiring all federal employees, including members of the U.S. military and Border Patrol, to receive COVID vaccines or lose their job. Interestingly, the mandate does not apply to members and employees of the legislative branch or the judiciary as they are not under the authority of the executive branch. In summary, doctors, nurses, police and firemen, uniformed service members, federal employees, and workers at companies with staffing of 100 or more are being forced to take the vaccine or lose their job, while members of Congress and their staff, the federal judiciary, and tens of thousands of illegal aliens encountered on a weekly basis are by all intents and purposes being given a pass. With such a disparity, these mandates have the distinct appearance of being more about control than a public health matter. In travel security news, listeners are once again reminded that a new National Terrorism Advisory System bulletin is in effect, warning of the threat posed by domestic terrorists, individuals and groups engaged in grievance-based violence, and those inspired or motivated by foreign terrorists and other malign foreign influences. The Transportation Security Administration's mask mandate remains in effect for everyone, vaccinated or not, across all U.S. transport networks, including airports on commercial aircraft, buses, and rail systems through January 18th of 2022. 
Additionally, the CDC also still requires all air passengers entering the United States, including U.S. citizens and legal permanent residents, to present a negative COVID-19 test taken within three calendar days of departure or proof of recovery from the virus within the last 90 days. And finally, on Friday, Alert USA subscribers were informed that DHS has announced the lifting of travel restrictions on international air and land border crossings for fully vaccinated travelers beginning November 8th. If you are planning travel abroad, regardless of the destination, Alert USA strongly recommends checking out the U.S. State Department's travel website as well as that of the CDC for safety, security, and health considerations for your destination. We also recommend that you take a few minutes to register your trip with the State Department's Smart Traveler Enrollment Program, so if something goes bad in the country you are visiting, that the U.S. Embassy knows that you are there. Afghanistan is a perfect example of why this is important. Many Americans in the country were not registered with the embassy, contributing significantly to the chaos when the pullout began. In addition to U.S. government travel guidance, Alert USA also regularly recommends taking a few minutes to visit the equivalent websites of the Canadian, Australian, and British governments to see the travel guidance that those nations are providing to their citizens as threat assessments of the situation on the ground can and do vary. You can find more on each of the stories in this report in the latest issue of the Threat Journal email newsletter. If you are not already a subscriber, simply visit ThreatJournal.com and sign up today. The publication is free, and a copy of this week's issue will be immediately sent to you via email. By subscribing to the newsletter, you are also entering into a drawing for a chance to win a full month's supply of delicious Mountain House freeze-dried food and other great timely prizes. Visit ThreatJournal.com for full details. If you would like to receive breaking threat and incident alerts on your mobile device, visit AlertsUSA.com. Alert USA continues to monitor the overall domestic and international threat environment and will immediately notify service subscribers via SMS messages and email of new alerts, warnings, and advisories, or any other factors which signal a change in the overall threat picture for American citizens as events warrant. This has been an Alert USA Threat Journal Homeland Security Weekly Update for Saturday, October 16, 2021.